For Todd Houston, life has been an uphill climb both literally and figuratively. From being born with a birth defect to a boating accident that badly damaged his leg at age 14 that would lead to an amputation at age 21, to becoming a record-setting mountaineer who has spoken in front of kings and dignitaries all over the world and winning all kinds of awards, including the prestigious Henry Iba Citizenship Award inducted into the Memorial High School Hall of Fame. He's also been an author and documentary is on its way. And through it all, Todd remains firm in his faith with his default in life being to just love everyone. I was born in Hot Springs, Arkansas, which really isn't too far from where we are now. And uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful little town. Um, it was a real popular spot way back in the 20s and 30s because of the hot springs and all that kind of stuff. But my dad went there because he was in the military. I was born at, uh, it's now no longer a hospital. I think they've, they've uh, torn it down. But when I was born, I was born with a cleft lip. So literally my lip was split. And also I had a cleft palate, which meant my palate inside my mouth wasn't joined either. So the doctor walks in and he says to my mom, look, um, there's some problems with, you know, this, this birth. And you go ahead and sign these papers and we will take care of him and send him off somewhere and you don't need to worry about him. Wow. Yeah. And my mom's like, what? Are you kidding me? I mean, this is my son. You know, <laughs> give me, you know, give me my boy. So they, they took me. It was a lot of work over the first uh, couple of months until they could get me a surgery, uh, which would close the palate and the lip so that I'd be able to eat and wouldn't be throwing my food up, you know, every time I tried to swallow. It, it, was, it was a lot of work. But anyway, that was really my first challenge that I had in my life. And, and so you might say I kind of came into this world fighting. Absolutely. Now, do you have uh, brothers, sisters? I, I do, yes. I have um, two younger brothers. Uh, one of them, he was into sports. Uh, he, he played, his, his coach was Charlie Brown, believe it or not. <laughs> and uh, he, he played for a private school uh, in, in Oklahoma, and then he went on to play for uh, Brown University uh, for football and uh, baseball. So he went Ivy League. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually he actually got into the uh, Holland Hall Hall of Fame for sports. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So tell me about um, how, you, how you grew your faith. Where did that start? What, did it start in the home as a youngster? Well, I went to church. You know, my parents, my, my dad was uh, big into the choir and, and doing that kind of thing. As a matter of fact, when he was in high school, he grew up in Oklahoma City, and they took a field trip to Princeton University. The choir, you know, the little high school choir is singing up there. Right. This old man comes walking in, sits in the front row. He just kind of listens to them, and they're done. He kind of claps. And, and then the uh, choir director turns around to the choir, and he says, how would you all like to meet Albert Einstein? 
<laughs> that was his audience. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, so so I grew up in the church. Um, typical, you know, kind of going to Sunday school and hanging out with my church friends, going to the church groups uh, on Sunday night as I got older, the youth groups. Um, you know, it was uh, your typical grow up in a church in the middle of the United States kind of experience. Mm-hmm. So was, obviously, you were born into um, a difficult situation with the, the cleft palate uh, and, uh, and the... But I didn't realize it right. was a difficult situation. Right, that was, uh, that was life for you. That, that, was li- that was life for me. You know, later on, I found that my parents never took a picture of me until after I had my lip closed. Wow. I thought, wow, you know, so, and, and I heard that they would be wheeling me in the, the grocery store and people would go, oh, you got a cute little baby. And then they'd look at me and go, ah! <laughs> so, so I guess it was, it, it wasn't all that attractive. Um, so, so growing up, it really didn't bother me until I hit junior high. Yeah. And then, of course, that's when the Dating thing starts kicking in, and mm-hmm. boys and girls, and attractive, you know, ness and all that kind of thing. And what I found as my, I mean, I was always kind of a social kid. I mean, I got along with other kids, but my avenue to kind of break through all that was sports, in particular, football. Mm-hmm. I was nose guard, small guy, but I could hit, and I was also a middle linebacker. Always made the most tackles for my team, you know. But football is where I kind of found my my way of breaking out of my disability. So junior high, right, would have also been the time when you had the the boating accident, right? Right, right, and and uh, that was when I was fourteen. Yeah. So I just going into my ninth grade year, and I was out on an eastern Oklahoma lake. I looked up. And I see the propeller spinning directly towards me. So the boat's backing up. I'm screaming. They can't hear me. And then, bam, I am hit. Both of my legs are feeling the propellers as they're crawling up my legs, tossing me back and forth under the water. I'm trying to keep my head above water, you know, so I can breathe. And uh, this in Oklahoma, we have this dark green Oklahoma water. It had now become very bright red and... I knew that had been hit. And that was kind of really, I think, my first truly spiritual experience. Because you asked me about, did I go to church? That's a religious experience. Right. There's something called a spiritual experience. Yeah. And it's not that you can't have both, right? But that was a spiritual experience. Because at that point, it almost felt like I had a choice to stay here or go home. Which meant home wasn't here. It must be somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I had this, I just chose to stay here. And, uh, you know, they ran me to the hospital. And, and um, well, let me, before, you kind of took a leap there from getting hit by the propeller to going to the hospital. Had to be a lot of things go on between the two. Did you, did you ever black out and somebody came and, oh, and okay. brought you to well, shore? I was a Boy Scout. I was a Boy Scout. Okay. What do they teach you in Boy Scouts? Tourniquet. And they teach you tourniquet. Okay. Exactly. Put pressure on it. Tourniquet. And if you're the one getting injured, what do you do? You Or what do you don't do? Don't panic. 
Okay. So I was I was uh, screaming for a minute because I had you know a Texas oil well squirting out and of my leg. My entire hurt. left thigh was completely ripped open. Probably to the hurt bone. a little bit. <laughs> Back side of my right leg was missing. My knee had been sliced in half. Wow. And it was a mess. So they rushed me to one hospital. That doctor said, um, we can't do anything. you got to get him to another facility. And he was overheard telling his staff that he didn't think I was going to make it. And then finally I get to another hospital, and that's where I died. Um, resuscitated in the emergency room, and then I flatlined again in the operating room. So I actually uh, went out twice that day. Wow. So, yeah, it was close. So, And I still know my doctor, right? All right, get this. I have two doctors. One is called Dr. Scare, right? Fear and all that. Okay. The other doctor, ready for this? Dr. Pentecost. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I'm still friends with him today. He's in his 90s. Wow. Mm-hmm. So so then immediately was there the, the um, thought that you were going to have to lose the leg, or was that already known, or was it already gone, or... I mean, how did that come about? No, no, I still, I still had my leg. As a matter of fact, I um, now I will tell you, the infection stuck to high heaven. Uh, it, it was nasty. Uh, it was green and uh, it was horrible. But I stayed in the hospital uh, for a couple of months, and the right leg was paralyzed because of nerve damage. Uh, it was paralyzed below the knee, so I couldn't move my foot, and I could not um, feel it. And actually, when I was in the boat, one of my first questions was, does this mean I can't play football? <laughs> I mean, you know, am I out of sports? Right. And that's kind of how important it was to me at the time. So uh, they uh, had to put a big metal brace on me, kind of like in the movie Forrest Gump. Yeah. Yeah. So you talk about that experience of thinking, am I going to go home, you know, to my maker uh, at that moment or, you know, am am I going to live and, and actually go to the physical home? Did you feel like at that time, Todd, that that you your relationship with the Lord had made this huge leap uh, and that you were now way closer to the Lord, or was it just for that instant, and then you kind of went maybe backwards back into the same position you were before the accident? I would say that I was in the same position that I was before, you know, because um, they say that when you have a really spiritual experience, it's not you going to God, it's God coming to you. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't in control of that experience. So and then now at this point, are are you even further away because you're questioning why God would allow this to happen to you? I think I was questioning that. But I wasn't questioning in an angry kind of way. Um, I was questioning because I think I truly wanted to understand. So it went from that experience to and having a relationship with with you know my religion, you might say, to becoming more of a personal experience with. God. That makes sense? Yep. Yeah. yeah. So so I was praying really hard about trying to save my leg because it kept getting infected. I was having a lot of problems and I, I was searching. I was like, God, you know, 
Jesus healed all these people. I mean, come on, what's going on? Uh, so uh, as I was searching for that healing for my leg, I found something much deeper, much bigger mm-hmm. than just a healing of a leg. And and we're going to jump forward here a little bit uh, just mm-hmm. because of time, um, because I, I got to think at some point um, when you're climbing all these summits, not, that not everything went perfect. There were probably some times when you were on one or more of these summits when things started to go south, if you will, and you had to then call on God to, at least from a mental standpoint, get you through that moment. Well, not so much. (laughs) Uh, And and that's because... Well, thank you for your honesty. (laughs) When I had had my leg amputated, it was seven years after I'd had my accident. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. So the infection had all gotten bad, and they said, you know... Probably if we amputate it, it's going to get rid of the infection. Otherwise, it could be very dangerous for you. So I went into the operating room uh, wide awake. I did not even have an aspirin in me. All I had them do was numb me below the waist. And while I was talking to the doctor, he fired up the saw. Wow. And he amputated my right leg below the knee. And the reason I did that was because the night before I started thinking about, I'd gone through a lot of challenges, just like we all have. And I thought, do I want this craziness out here in the world, you know, like this leg amputation and all this other stuff that was going on, the drama of the world to determine my happiness and the joy and I, I, I experience in life? Or is there something greater within me? And I knew there was something within me, but how powerful is it really? So that's why the next day I chose to go in and, and realize firsthand that we do have a strength and a power within us that's much greater than all the craziness and scary stuff that's, you know, out there in the world. So now you want to jump to the mountain climb expedition. And, I, you know, I became a psychotherapist and, you know, finished my education and all that type of stuff. But I had an opportunity to go t- to uh, climb the highest elevation of all 50 states. So by that time, my spiritual growth had grown to a point that I... I wasn't going into it the same way I I would have when I was 14 years old mm-hmm. or, you know, a younger Christian or somebody didn't have that personalized experience with God right. um, and, and more of a spiritual relationship instead of just a go-to-church-on-Sunday relationship. So now understanding even just the football, and I, we didn't even talk about if you played other sports or not, but just football – being that kind of physical uh, sport and what it takes to to really be good at football and to want to play that game because I I did the same thing when I was younger too. Um, And then to hear that you were awake during the amputation of your leg and then this quest to to climb these summits, there seems to be, and just even in our casual conversation, Todd, there seems to be a drive inside of you, and I don't know where that comes from. Maybe you can tell us, but mm. uh, we know that when you were an infant that you didn't know that anything was different. You just knew that that what had happened to you at birth, that was just normal for you. But as you got older and understood, you knew, well, that's not what happens to most kids. Yeah. And so 
you may have had this something inside of you to get you through even at birth to get through some things and and all along the way right in your life there has been one thing after another to have to get through yeah sure and and i do believe i mean we're made in the image of god right and i believe that god is the, you know made in you know he, he he is the image of love right so that's who we are and and we have this strength and this power w- within us but I would say that it's still a choice. So mm-hmm. at my younger age, I didn't realize that I had a choice to draw on this power. And I would also say the world doesn't tell me that I have a choice to draw on this power. And it may even say this power doesn't even exist, right? But when you know this power really exists, then, and you know that you have, it's just a matter of you making the choice. Mm-hmm. Then that's when it's, that's a game changer. When I was a football player, stubbed toe, hurt ankles, this, that, whatever. Those are all my whiny things. I tell you what, I will tell, I will go against any pro football players' injuries or any any stuff that they whine about compared to what I've had to go through in life. And you also look at stuff like um, you know mountaineering. Mm-hmm. You know, mountaineering is an extremely difficult sport and and if you're in a sport where when you lose they take you out in a body bag that is a tough sport <laughs> right <laughs> uh, so, so tell me about and i know we've kind of fast forwarded that you, you because there's a lot of things that happen as an adult mm-hmm. before you started making these summit climbs that you went through that there were some valleys in there there were some marriages that didn't that didn't make it. Uh, sure, sure, there, yeah. there was uh, a drug abuse uh, that took place. Well, yeah, I got hooked on the painkillers because uh, when they amputated my leg, it hurt. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and one day I thought I'd actually overdosed, and I, I did. Proud to God, I'm like, hey, God, I get me out of this. I mean, if you get me out of this, I will never take another painkiller. And somehow, I mean, by some miracle, my head literally cleared up. Right, so this is a spiritual <laughs> relationship. This is me making a choice too. Right. right, let God in my life and let Him do let Him do His work. Now, since that time, I think I had one pain pill for a, a toothache, uh, wisdom tooth pulled, but I haven't had a sip of alcohol or even a sip of Coca Cola, and that's been over forty years. Wow! And I'm not saying don't have something to drink and don't you know have yeah, a painkiller if you need it. I'm saying that the power and the strength is there. Right. It's already within you you know that's it god's put it within you yeah. you just say hey god i'm here be here come with me you know be with me and, and I, it's I think, there todd that's what i love about just even getting to know you now is that this idea that god can move mountains well you decided you wanted to move yourself up those mountains how did that come about and, and tell me about the uh, the world record that you hold right so I uh, I was approached because I worked with a lot of disabled uh, people in Southern California where a group was looking to go climb the highest elevations of all 50 states. They were wanting to do a documentary on it and take these disabled people like a blind person and amputee and stuff like that. So I signed up. I became the leg amputee for that expedition, trained for an entire year, and then they canceled it because they didn't get any sponsorship. You know, it happens a lot of times. But... That little voice of intuition in me 
call it the Holy Spirit, call it God, call it whatever you want to call it. But that voice within me was like, do this climb on your own. And, uh, and I remember this one. I had, you know, We all need a spiritual mentor. I had one. And uh, she, uh, I was like, what do you think? And she goes, I think you're good. You know, <laughs> go do it. It's not like I just only rely only on myself all the time. You know, you got to have this community of other people that are around you that can help mm-hmm. give you strength, especially those times that you're yeah, getting a little uh, little wheezy about the deal. So I went off and attempted to climb the highest elevation of all 50 states. It was something only 32 people in the world had ever done before. Right. None of them had one leg. I became the first leg amputee to do it. So that meant I had to go to the highest point of, of uh, Washington State, like uh, Mount Rainier, Mount Hood, Denali, 20. 20,310 feet, highest one in all of North America. Florida, no big deal. <laughs> you know, Kansas, you know, but, but still you had to do a lot of driving. Right. So uh, I did become, like I said, the first one to do that. The world record for doing it was 101 days, and that was set by a British mountain climber. Instead of 101 days, I ended up doing it in 66 days, 22 hours, and 47 minutes, yeah. thereby shattering the two-legged record by 35 days. And... Um, the first and only disabled person ever break the able body world record. So is that record? What did you set that record? Yeah, they told me that record still, still good. That was back in the nineties. Wow. Uh, my wife was talking to somebody, and she <laughs> and uh, they, they said, you know, we still consider Todd the world record holder because I did it by the rules. Now there are there's one or two other people that have done it uh, faster than I did. However. They flew to each high point instead of driving. Okay. You, you're only allowed to fly to Alaska. And where do you think the other one was, uh, Kevin? I would assume Hawaii. Oh, ah, very good. Okay, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that's, uh, yeah, so they say that they consider me still the world record holder. That's awesome. Well, what what's next for Todd Houston? Okay, so, so you, you know, I've been an inspirational speaker for probably 25 years, right? So I've uh, spoken all over the country from inner city kids to, uh, I I spoke at uh, Sydney Opera House for their Easter thing that they televised to the King of Bahrain, had me right before uh, COVID at his palace, spoke to 63 different nations over there on leadership and -hmm. and overcoming and all that. So I have all this experience, all these people I've talked to, I don't even want to guess how many, and I thought, wait a minute, what is it that would really help these people? That, uh, that, that would be something that if they understood it, it could have more power in their life than just another inspirational talk with somebody that just has a different story. Because you're in, you, know, you know sports, right. right? So what's the difference between a pro athlete and a motivational speaker? Um, You've met them all. What's the difference? Man. I, I feel like I should know the answer to this, but it's not coming to me off the top okay, of my head. Right, I'll tell you. The motivational speaker is the one without the limb. Oh. Okay. <laughs> we need a rim shot. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So, so um, I realized what it was, was it was what Jesus was telling us all along. Love. It's love. Mm-hmm. Right? right? He said, you want to take this? This book and sum it all up, love God, love your neighbor as yourself. And I started digging into that about 15 years ago, big time. Like I said, I was in psychology. Um, I, um, 
I, I got into the science of it, the biology of it, the psychology of it, the, the spirituality of it, how it's being affected, uh, you know, in, by technology and, and even, even what happens when we die. You know, so I interviewed all the experts in each one of those areas. Mm-hmm. The guy that did the royal wedding between Meghan Markle and Prince Harry, right? Uh, the uh, head of the American Psychological Association, Evan Alexander, the, the Harvard brain surgeon that wrote Proof of Heaven. Uh, one doctor that gave me over 500 cases because he's the head of the Near-Death Experience Research Foundation of people who had died, went to the other side, experienced love there, and what, it, what God's love really is like, and then got resuscitated and came back and how it changed their life. Yeah. So with all the experience, I took all that and said, this is what I want to help you know, the world to understand. So I'm now making a documentary with all these people, and you should see it this year. So um, if people want to follow you on social media, where do they need to go? What, or do you have Facebook and X, Instagram? Or where are you? All that, right. So, uh, well, you always have Todd Houston, which is uh, spelled H-U-S-T-O-N. Not like, no O in there. No, they don't know how to spell it in Texas. I mean, we all know that. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but yeah, ToddHouston.com, uh, or they could go to The Love Leader, uh, which is my social media posts. They're all under uh, mm-hmm. The Love Leader. And um, uh, yeah, that'd be great. Or they can just look me up on the internet, say one-legged amputee mountain climber guy, and uh, you'll probably get me. And I actually answer my phone. My phone number is on there. And you and you've got a book as well. I do well. have a book, More Than Mountains. And is where and where can folks find that? Oh, Amazon. Okay. Yeah, sure. Just just Easiest. Google More Than Mountains and then boom, it'll be there. Yeah, yeah. I'm not much of a reader. I've read a few books in my time, mostly the Bible. Right. Uh, so when it comes to research to find certain books, that's where I always have to ask the simplest of questions of where do you go to find a book? Most other people know that kind of thing, but not necessarily me. So yeah. now we know what's, what's next as far as uh, the, uh, the uh, not the movie, but the um, documentary is concerned. Sure. Is there any other things physically that... Is there a summit out there that you haven't climbed? Is there something else that Todd Houston wants okay, to do? Okay, yeah, yeah. So, so it's really interesting because all these people will ask, well, so you've climbed all this or you broke this world record or whatever, so what's the next mountain you're going to climb? That's not how I roll, okay? <laughs> so I feel that I was put on this earth to inspire, to encourage people. And I've taken a few hits and, and, and that's what I do. Mm-hmm. I may do it by speaking on stage. I may do it by making a movie. I may do it by going out and climbing the highest mountains of all 50 states and breaking world records. That is a question you're going to have to, have to ask God. Yeah. Because I don't know what he has next for me. But I do know this, that whatever the challenges that I go through, just like any challenge that you go through or anybody that's hearing this podcast, you're going to ask probably why. Why me? Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you what your answer is. I can't tell you when you're going to get your answer, but I can tell you when you've got it. Yeah. And that is when that answer will not only bless you, but it will also bless others. So be open. You don't know, 
You don't know where God's going to take you, but it is an amazing journey, and I highly recommend you jump on that train. And I think one of the keys there is that you're still asking. And oh, yeah. That, well, not a lot of people are asking anymore. What's next? What do you want from me, God? Where do you want me to go? Where's my next step? And the fact that oh. you keep asking, I think that's wonderful. I, I think well, yeah, so. but, but think about Jesus. Wasn't he asking all the way till the very last day? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, right. if somebody's not asking, uh, I don't know, that sounds a little egotistical. Well, and that's the thing. It seems, it seems weird for a guy like you, and honestly for me too, because I'm always asking. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure I'm I'm going where he wants me to go, that I'm not putting my wants and and what I think in front of his for sure. me. Oh, and you know I and, and I'll get back to this love thing yeah. because I want to say you know a lot of people go, what's God's will for me? Where is he going to take me? What am I supposed to do this moment? Blah, you know they, they're always doing that. They don't they don't really know. This is how you answer that. Do what is the most loving. Okay? Mm-hmm. God tells us, love him, love others right. as ourself. And I will tell you, the churches will preach, love God, love others all day long, but they don't teach you how to love self. Mm-hmm. And because they think it's uh, narcissistic or they think it's self-serving or what a selfishness yeah. or whatever it is. No, the type of love he's talking about, this agape, unconditional, unlimited, godlike love. Ask yourself, how can I be that person and put that in this situation that I'm asking about? And even if you miss it, you're not going to miss it nearly as badly if you just think what is in my best interest. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm sure God can make a little course correction along the way. I bet he can. Todd, man, this has been awesome, brother. Thank you for well, thank your you. time and uh, for being the inspiration that you are and continuing uh, to be the guy that just wants to to serve the Lord and do what it is that he wants you to do. And you know, at the very least, your default is, I'm going to love people. Start, start absolutely, there. absolutely. All Kevin, right. keep getting the stories out there. People need to hear them. Thank you. They're not alone. <laughs>